Hello, and welcome back to the More Than Creative podcast with your host, Dakota Hersey, and co-host, Weston Hersey. Hello. (laughs) So today, I know that we've been talking a lot about topics that are a little bit more high level within the business or um, just kind of specific to what we're doing. But today I wanted to talk more about blogging, especially as we are getting ready to get into summer's kind of winding down. We're getting back into where people are going to start really focusing again on their marketing efforts and trying to share the work that they're doing. Hopefully you have had some time off to be able to like rest Spend some time in the sunshine, go to the beach. I've definitely been doing that. But so it will probably be a lot of me talking today (laughs) and then Weston jumping in and asking a few questions and things. But I'm excited to talk about this because blogging is something that is very near and dear to my heart, frankly. It's something that I have had as a pillar of my marketing strategy for years. I think I've started my own personal blog in 2015. And I have since migrated that over to my photography website. And so that's kind of where all of my personal stuff lives. And then more than creative, we are getting ready to ramp up on its blogging strategy. And a lot of things have changed in the world because back in 2013, 2011, 2015, like when I was getting started, blogging was the main form of social media. That was where a lot of people were going to share their thoughts, even if it was just online, just being like a person, you know, the Exanga is like the original blogging. Well, I guess it's, I don't know if it's the original. It was the first, when I was in sixth grade, that's what we got on. Mom told me that I wasn't allowed to have an Exanga. So the way that I got around it is that my friend Rachel technically signed up for it and we had one together. So it wasn't mine. It was ours. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And then very shortly after that, it was MySpace. But it was funny because when we had Exanga, we were trying to be bloggers, but we didn't really know what that meant. So we were just like getting on and writing like journal entries that were, Mm -hmm. I wish I could find it because I have no idea what little 12 year old Dakota felt like she needed to put on the internet. But yeah, so blogging has been something that I have been really passionate about, and it's probably been the most consistent thing that I've done in my marketing efforts, which is really fun for me because not only has the consistency brought traffic and brought all of the the results that you are hoping for from something that you put that much effort into, but it's also created this archive for myself where I'm able to go back and look at the journey and other people are able to look at that too, if that's something that they become, you know, invested in you and they want to go back and kind of start from the beginning. So, but I also know that blogging is something that people just feel really overwhelmed by. And I, I, I'm sure the overwhelm comes from different areas, whether it is um, just the idea of having to write something. It's a format that is different than other types of writing. Um, it's a little bit more longer form, but also casual. So it's not something that you would have ever been trained on. It's kind of one of those things that you have to read a lot of different blog posts so that that way you can understand the way that it's formatted. I also think that people get really anxious or frustrated on coming up with topics. And then also, frankly, it just takes a lot of time. So It definitely is a more time-consuming marketing strategy, but I really, really believe in it because of the fact that it's one of those things that once you publish it and put it out on the internet, it lives forever and it's continuously generating. So it's, it's exponential versus putting the time and effort into like a short form video or a post on Instagram or something like that where it could take off. And it could have its own version of exponential growth, but it's not going to be anywhere near like a blog post that is going to be growing for two to three years. And the other thing with blogging is that I feel like people get really discouraged when they get started with it because it is something that is not, it's a long game. There is no instant gratification. There can be a little bit when it's like people, you know, interacting with the first time that you share it, but ultimately you won't be seeing the organic growth 
from it for probably like two to three years because Google, I mean, the internet's just changed a lot. It used to be that you could publish a blog post, you do some keywords in it, and then, you know, give it 10 days and your number on the first page of Google. And now, I mean, we've just gotten really good at the game. So it's a lot harder to get onto those first search pages. But I will say that it is one of those things just to give you some hope that with all of the blogging and stuff that I've done, I've actually taken a step back from sharing on social media the last couple of years, especially in the last few months. And now the, I think over between somewhere between 50 to 60% of my traffic to my website actually comes from Google. So a lot of my leads and stuff, I mean, obviously word of mouth is and referrals are going to be probably your highest um, conversion rate as far as like people coming to you because they're just going to be willing to, to say yes. But it's been really nice because for instance, I don't really advertise seniors as much anymore just because I've made a transition within my business, but all of my senior leads still come from past blog posts. And those blog posts are, some of them are like three or four years old, which is really cool because you think about the effort, yeah, just the effort that you put in versus what you're going to see out of it makes it worth it. So if you are starting this journey, then just know it's going to be a long game. You just got to commit to it and, you know, kind of play around, try to find some fun in it. So today I wanted to talk about kind of the first two ways of breaking things down and getting started. So we'll talk about categories and tags, and then we'll also talk about how to choose topics. And I've got like a breakdown of basically like there's three different categories. I've got to figure out my how I'm going to word this because there's categories, but then there's like categories of topics. <laughs> Subcategories. Yeah. So, okay. So when you're starting off with organizing your blog post, the first thing that you want to think about is choosing your categories. And you should really only have between, they're kind of like core values. You really only should have between like three to seven categories. I personally feel like five is kind five of, is a good it's number. like the sweet spot. And so when you think about those, those are like the really big content buckets that everything is going to fall into. So you don't want to get super, you don't want to get super specific with these because then it's going to confuse people. And you also don't want to lump all of them the same because then you'll also be confusing people because they won't know like where they're supposed to go. So like everything with a website, you're always thinking about the user experience and like what happens. A website is virtually a online store. So if you think about like walking into a department store you have the signs hanging that are like men's, women's, children, home. And so if you kind of think about it, that can be like your, those are like your blog categories. And then obviously once you go to one of those, each of those sections, then it starts to break down a little bit further and those would be your tags. So like when you get in and it's broken down by um, like brand names mm. or things like that, um, that's where you kind of get into the tags. So when it comes to categories like for, for example, for photographers, because that's always the, that's just the one that's from my previous experience and the ones that I've helped the most with, I break those down to like, you know, wedding seniors brands, personal, because those are the, all of the topics that I'm going to talk about personally. And then if you do things outside of those, you could do portraits if you want to, if you want like that to kind of be your catch all. But I don't, I would not break the categories down to like high school seniors, college seniors, bridal portraits, engagements, like couple photos, because then family photos, babies, like, because then it just gets, it just cluttered. Yeah, it just yeah. gets confusing. Because, yeah, it's kind of like walking into a department store and then it's like, I just need to know. It's divided too much. Right. Too right. many options. Right. Too like, many options. I am a woman. I just want to go see all things for women. Like, yeah. I don't necessarily need to have it broken down to like athletic women or, you know, like prom dresses, whatever. Yeah. When I get there, you can help me. You can help me out. So that's categories. You... People get really stressed out again when they're getting started with this stuff because it feels really permanent, but you can always go back and add more. So I feel like the best way is to kind of start off with things as simple as possible. And then if you 
start writing enough and start publishing enough, then you'll kind of see if you run into the situation when you're like, well, this blog post doesn't really fit into any of these categories. And then you start to realize that you've got like 10 of those posts, then maybe it's time for you to go back and reevaluate and say, okay, I think I maybe need another category. Because the other thing that you don't want to happen is for you to get excited and pick all of these categories and then you don't have any content to go into any of mm. them. So if that's also you and you're like, I know that I'm going to want to blog this one day, but I don't have any capacity to do it right now, maybe focus on like the first two categories that you want to work on. Um, Could you not only add a category could you change an existing category you can change it and i think you can break it apart you can do whatever you want it really just comes down to at that point though you would just have to be careful about breaking links and things like that mm. which is like that gets a little bit more technical when you like i wouldn't go in and just like I'm just going to put a bunch of categories in here. You know, like you really do need to think about it because it's simple to change it, but you also just have to think about like all of the stuff that happens when you do change something. It's a web. Right, yeah. right. Yeah, just because Twitter wants to now be called X and that they changed their logo name doesn't mean that like all of a sudden now everything is perfect. Like yeah. <laughs> there roll there's a lot of moving pieces to a rollout like mm -hmm. that. By the way, I do think that that is the most poorly done brand shift of all time but story for yeah. another day <laughs> it was so bad it's so bad also i'm still calling it twitter i'm i refuse to call it x i hate the way that it sounds rolling off my tongue yeah and it's also just like it's the it's the whole like movement of trend and design like everything's becoming monochrome so like everything's black and white yeah. Uh, and then there's just an obsession with X, like the iPhone 10, like it was uh -huh. the iPhone X. Like it's like, it's just, I hate it. I, I think it's, it. I think it's so stupid. I think that they did a terrible job and I, I refuse to call it X. And I'm also Twitter, Twitter was so good. I know. Whatever. Anyways. Okay. So <laughs> that was a tangent. So back on track. So what is an X tweet? You know what I mean? Sorry. Yeah, I, I, yeah. We left it and then I brought it back. What's, it. Yeah, I don't know. Like a tweet, you tweet on Twitter, you little X on big X. No, I guess that? it's just gonna be a post, yeah, which I is guess. like, which boo. is not. Yeah. <laughs> boo. yeah. This guy stinks. <laughs> All right. Oh, okay. <laughs> so, so that's big categories. Then what you can do with your tags is that's where you start to break down the categories even more. And what I have seen as like a common misconception with people is that they view tags like hashtags. That's what they think that they are. So mm. they will just start to tag a bunch of things in the same way that you would tag a hashtag. But actually that is incorrect. It also looks very cluttered. It's going to just, it, 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 it's that's just not the purpose of them so if you want to think about the tags it is another way for you to organize all of the things within a subcategory and if you think about the way that you can use them in the future you can actually it creates a link so that that way you can go to all of the things that are tagged with that with that tag. So if you wanted to tag all of your weddings that are in the summer and do like a tag of summer weddings, then if somebody was to in the future wanted to look at like inspiration things, then you could do that. If you wanted to, um, if you're like an interior designer and people want to see examples of things that involve like neutrals or open floor plans or something like that, like that's where you can add the tags in. And then if people are searching for something specific, then it lets you just be able to quickly access all of the things that have to do with that topic. Where on a website do the tags exist? So they don't exist anywhere unless you want them to. So they're kind of like a backend link. If you don't have it in your design on a website for the tags to show, then they won't see. So for example, on my website, I actually don't have the tags showing anywhere. So they're really just for me on the back end. Um, and if I have somebody email me and say, like, I want inspiration for this type of wedding, or do you have 
weddings that have used this color or any all of your weddings that are in Raleigh, then I can go into the back end of WordPress. WordPress is the blogging platform that I use and the one that I highly recommend. I'm a WordPress show it girl. So when you go into the back end of WordPress, you can pull the link and send it to people if you want. Or mm. if you want to like, when you start to get more advanced and you start to level up, then you could add the tags onto the website, the like as like a breakdown. Clickable. Cause right. right now the way you have it set up is like the only way anybody can get to like the link of the tags, you have to send it to mm -hmm. them. There's no way for them to access. Mm -hmm. I see. Yeah. And so it's one of those things like you can do that as a strategy if you want, where mm -hmm. um, I do have it broken down. Like I did uh, because I have, I probably have like 500 blog posts published on my photography website. So obviously I was getting to the point where I am ready to break them down a little bit. So if you do the drop down, when I did my my website redesign, I requested to have a drop down so that it could be broken down by like high school seniors, college seniors. So mm -hmm. that that way, if somebody was looking for those, then those tag links are available. But that's where the tags are a little bit more flexible than the categories because you can have other categories that are not linked anywhere on the website, but those are the ones that you definitely want to have somewhere. And then when it comes to the tags, you can always kind of like think about what you want to add, but you don't necessarily have to have that, like you don't have to be like actively using them right now. It could be something that you want to create the tag. And then that way, when you go and do like your quarterly review of all of your content, you can kind of keep an eye on what tags are getting the most have like the most posts mm. associated with them. So that gets like a little bit deeper into the strategy. I always say when we get started off though, like less is more and just think about like practically how you're going to use them. And in most cases, I feel like there's like the front facing marketing strategy, but then where I use it the most is like actually sending examples out to clients. So you can think about like within the sales process or within different like when people are asking you for inspiration like what are the things that you're going to want to link to different like groupings of your blog posts and kind of start there um which is why all things marketing and sales are like and client experience are all lumped together and mm -hmm. your blog posts should they are a marketing tool but they're also a sales tool and it's also a client experience tool um and so speaking of that so that's categories and tags. If those get confusing or you need somebody to like talk through them with you, that's actually something that um, we have like a VIP day. I might restructure it a little bit, but what I have done with people in the past is helped them go through their blog posts and like we actually talk about and brainstorm together like what makes sense to have as their categories and their tags as we are planning out their editorial calendar just because sometimes it helps for People are like, I don't really know how to categorize this thing or like, do you think I need it or where where should I put all of these posts if I'm not necessarily actively trying to attract those people, but they're live, so we don't want to take them down. That's something that we can help with. So then getting into the actual choosing of the topics, I believe that there are essentially like three different types of blog posts and so they are I'm pulling this up so that I make sure that I get everything right okay yeah so there are essentially three different types of blog posts and those are portfolio educational and personal and so I'm sure there's others but for me right now, like these are the three basically like types of blog posts that I've seen um, have the most benefit. And I think that it's the easiest way for you to start when you're trying to think about what types of blog posts you're going to have. So portfolio blog posts are exactly what they sound like. It's something that is showing your work. So if you are somebody that works with clients, this would be where you would put in your case studies or like client recaps and things like that. So if you get to a point where like the, the 
maybe the simplest, but then also the most time consuming would be to have a blog post for every single client that you work with. I think that that is like, if you can do that, I think that that's a really great place to start off with because the content is already there for you. You're just basically packaging it all up and telling people exactly what you did. For photographers, this can be like blogging a session or a wedding. For other people, it can look like you having some type of visual of what you have done. You might have to get a little bit creative with that, but the blog posts are mostly about words. So it's like trying to explain something that you learned or like what the client learned or what like a traditional case study is like problem, like problem and then solution. So Mm -hmm. it's like, this is the problem that they came to me. This is how we wanted to address it. This is problem solution results. Yeah. So this is how we fixed it. And then this is what the client saw because of it. And people love that kind of stuff. And if you think about it as that is definitely a more, not to get like super marketing jargon, but that's like a more bottom of funnel type of blog post. So it's something that will really help in your sales process. Like if somebody is evaluating working with you, the portfolio stuff is like the things that they're really going to want to see. Reviews. Right. Right. Yeah. You could do review. You could do an interview with a client. If you are, if you have like a, a lot of clients and you are worried about picking out one of them, you could also do a strategy that's like a best of and do like something from each type of client. Like you can do seasonal stuff, like favorite things from like summer clients or things like that. This is all, this is a very service based strategy. Strategy. Yeah. Like it's going to, it's going to be better for service-based businesses. But even if you did have projects, I think, or products, I think that you could think about how like it's still a case study of somebody has this product and then what, you know, happened because of how did they use it? it? Right. What does it look like in their house? Um, how was their life impacted by it? Um, and if that's something that like you want to reach out to somebody to have a testimonial, I'm all about like reusing content. So you could have them answer multiple questions, pop those right into a blog post. At that point, you don't even have to be writing it yourself, which is, which is great. And people love to feel like they're being featured on things. I have done that with seniors in the past. Like I've sent them a questionnaire and they answered like eight to 10 questions. And then I just put those straight into a blog post. And then it was like, it's them telling their story, but people loved it because they had access to this content. And then I just wrote like a little intro paragraph. Um, so that is portfolio. Then the next category or type of blog post is educational. So this is where you would be talking through anything that people need to know about working with you, about what you do, just preparing for working with you, things to consider. So this is where you really like step into the expert. This is definitely more like top of funnel as far as like people who are not necessarily evaluating working with you, but they're just evaluating if they need what you have in general. So this is where you can approach this from two different perspectives. You can approach this from trying to explain the value of why you exist in the first place. So kind of talking about like, why do you need like a fitness trainer? Or why do you need to approach things from this perspective? So that that way people can kind of understand like, okay, it's like you're, what do they call it? They're, you're like poking the pain point. So you are Mm. helping them identify the areas of their life that they are struggling with. And then you are offering advice, not necessarily everything has to be tied to a service offering, but it's like, basically you're saying like, hmm, that kind of hurts, doesn't it? Well, it could hurt a little less if you did this thing. Oh, by the way, I'm really good at the stuff. I can help you if you can't figure it out. Right, right. So it's just like kind of agitating a little bit, or you can take it from the perspective of educating clients that you are already, have already closed are already planning on working with, which this is a strategy that I really, really love. And I kind of believe that you should start 
here because then those blog posts are going to have dual purpose for you where the other ones are really more marketing focused. But if you do a blog post where it's like how to prepare outfits for your engagement session or like how to prepare your home for whatever installation or, you know, budgeting for this project, then you're, you are not only presenting yourself as an expert to everybody on the outside who is considering working with you, but for the people that you are already working with, these are the questions that they're already asking you. And then imagine just being able to send a link to a blog post instead of having to write the same email over and over and over again and having to answer their questions of being like, okay, yes, this is how you, you know, you know, this is what you should be doing over the next couple of weeks, or these are the things that you should consider. So when it comes to the educational blog posts, these are the ones that I love the most. And this is where I really, I know that more than creative is going to come in and help more with people in the future, trying to get all of this knowledge that these people have in your head that you have in your head of the things that you're like, yep, this is normal. This is like, everybody knows this, right? Yeah, it's not even worth talking so about. You so much, you forget that it's like, oh, this is unique. Right, and right. Special. And it needs to be communicated. Yeah. And it just needs to live somewhere. Like, yeah. it's just like, it needs to have some easy access to. So this is the one where I say, if you are thinking of educational blog posts and trying to brainstorm that you should look back at your, like, just look back through your email inbox and see like, what questions are you constantly getting over and over again? What are the things that you wish that you had something that you could just like shoot over to somebody so that that way they are prepared to ask you better questions, which is really what we want, especially on like a sales call. We would want, we want informed clients because then we're not going to be wasting our time with them answering the stuff that's like, they could have read it in an email. <laughs> like, it's like, I want to talk to you about the stuff that's going to make you actually feel like I'm giving you the things that I am not giving everybody for free on the internet. Mm. Um, and I can get more into my expert. What if you feel like your clients are asking the wrong questions entirely? Mm. Like, do you, would it be wrong to like validate them with a response? Like, you're like, why are these people asking this? Like, how would you approach that? Mm. So I think with that, that's like a very nuanced. It is. Very so nuanced. we would have to have probably like a specific situation. But I think that that's where it comes down to having to really understand why. Like, where is this coming from? Mm. Why do they think that this is the right thing to do? Because anytime somebody is asking a question or if you're starting to see a pattern within the way that people are interacting with you, it's coming from somewhere. And so it could be as simple as, these are the questions that they're asking you because someone else wrote a blog post about like, these are the five questions that you should ask your photographer. And then you're like, none of those questions are really the things that you should be asking. And in that scenario, I would almost, I would counteract that with like, you could write your own blog post of like, these are the five questions you really should be asking. Or trying to understand, yeah, like there's there's got to be a misconception or a miscommunication somewhere. So I think that it's digging into that and you can get creative because if you want to do some type of like almost like reverse psychology, kind of like one of those, you know, it's like, look at look at the shiny object and then you like switch it really quickly and it's like a bait and switch kind mm -hmm. of situation, but not in a negative sense. It's just like, oh, I was thinking of like the what is it? a knife at the throat so they don't notice the stone in your hand, something mm. like that. Like that's a very negative. Violent. <laughs> it's, it's a very negative one, but I can't, I can't remember what it is. It's like basically like a do like a failed attempt over here. So they ignore your uh -huh. successful attempt. Huh. Um, but that's negative. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, but same kind of concept where it's like, I don't know, like I've done that. I've done this a little bit with like some wedding planners because people believe that, the main the main value that a wedding planner own or gives is that they are like setting things up on the day of and you know and we they have perpetuated that by only doing 
brand photos where they're like lighting candles and and they're just like really leaned into it as an industry because they're saying like that's one of those situations where it's like you're really having to figure out like when do you give your audience what they're expecting from mm. you and when do you give them the things that you're like this is what I know you're supposed to this is what you're yeah, supposed to care about. Yeah, it becomes a closed loop of like well this is what they want to see and like they know that when they see me lighting candles they think wedding planner but it's like we want them to think something different. Right. Yeah. Right. And if you can be the first person to get that gets people to think differently that is everything. That's like the biggest thing. And and that's where I feel like a lot of people get tripped up because they want to say like all of these wedding planners know that their really their real value comes in the preparation for the day of and their connections within the industry and all of these like little things that they've picked up along the way of managing budget and like knowing how to read contracts and all of the stuff, but nobody's leading with that. And so people get nervous about leading with it because one, they're like, well, nobody else is doing it, but everybody knows that that's what we do. So if I talk about it, I'm going to act like I've got something special and different, but I don't really, everybody's doing it, but no one's talking about it. And so it's like, I can't, I'm trying to think of a real world example of like the first person to just be there, like, there Hey, it's a real world example. And I, I feel it's like right in my brain. Oh, it was Mad Men. Okay. I was watching a thing in Mad Men where he's talking about cigarettes. Uh-huh. And he's like, how do you make your cigarettes? And I can't remember what it is, but it was, it was like, we bake them. I'm just going to use that example. Uh-huh. He was like, we bake them. And he was like, that, right mm. there. And then like made the tagline, like, freshly baked or mm. something like that. We bake them. Or maybe just like that. And the dude was like, well, everybody bakes them. Like, that's a part of the process. And he's like, but yours are the people to say that they're baked. Mm -hmm. So it was like that kind of idea. Yeah. Yeah. I can't, I can't, I wish I could remember the specific thing, but that like became the tagline. And he was like, oh, we bake them. Yeah. Which, yeah. And that's perfect where it's just like the rest of the world doesn't know what you're doing. So if you brand yourself as the people that it's like, yeah, like we do this thing, like what the other companies are going to come out or the other, your competition's going to come out and be like, well, we do that too. And it's like, well, but we already got them to think of like, well, they were doing yeah. it because it's special. Yeah. Like, oh, I'm sure you just bake them because so-and-so said that they bake their yeah. cigarettes, you know, like you become the person that is the first person to do that. So so I would encourage you that as you're thinking about like the educational blog posts, that don't get overwhelmed about like trying to write a blog post or give information that like no one's ever given. Like I need to be the first wedding planner to ever write about this topic. That's not what we're going for because people want to know what your expertise is. And I think that you can get inspiration from the stuff that like you know, every photographer has a blog post that's just like, what's in my bag? Or, you know, like, it's like, we just want to see what equipment that you shoot with. And, or we just want to know, like, how to prepare for bridal portraits. Like, it's purely a peek behind the curtain. It is. Yeah. It's like a behind the scenes of the production. Right. And I think that it's okay if you do it the same way that you think everybody else does it. You might actually find that you don't act, that you have something specific within your own process that is different. But I also would challenge you to think about, like, how to sprinkle in the stuff that is really unique to you and the examples that you have. And that's also, again, what's going to separate you from the world of all of the people that are using AI to write their content for them because it's going to be really easy. It's going to get even easier for people to create these educational blog posts of like best locations, you know, best restaurants to eat at in Wilmington. And the computer is going to spit out a blog post that's generic and has all of the places that you're supposed to eat, but only you have like, this is my favorite thing to order. This is the time of day that I would go to this restaurant. Mm -hmm. And if you're going to go to this restaurant, you can go get a drink right around the corner. And this is what I do. And so that's what's going to start to set the content apart is 
people before it used to be enough for you to just give the information. Now you're going to need to give the information with the spin of the personal advice. Yeah, you're not a faceless reviewer. Right. We we can get the faceless review anywhere. Right. The, we, the only thing that we can't get is you. Right. There's another thing, like, I think you could also, this definitely applies to products because it comes from products. Mm. But I think it could apply to services too. But I just, like, the when the designer of whatever it is, the, the detail that I have in my head is the hammocks. Uh-huh. The hammock that I have, it's like bare butt. Uh-huh. It's not, what's the other one? Eno. Mm-hmm. They were like a startup company when I bought the hammock. And I remember them posting a video on their like Instagram or whatever, explaining why they designed the hammock mm. they, they the way they did. And they were like, we made it out of this specific fabric that like is like parachute material. It's a bit thicker than Eno's are. And then... All of our, we start everything at double size because like, Mm -hmm. why would you want a single when you could have a double? It fits one person, but it also fits two people Mm -hmm. if you want it. And then they, I like, this is such a stupid detail, but I remember, but like they triple stitch Mm -hmm. everything and they're like, we're the only people who triple stitch. Mm. And they were just like, why do we triple stitch? Because if we can, why would we not? It's stronger. Huh. And like they express their intention, and then I then was like, my hammock's triple stitched. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's Which, like all of a sudden this this arbitrary thing that like everybody's like, okay, well, what does that mean? You're like, I don't know, but it's stronger. And if you could, then why would it's you? intentional? Mm-hmm. So you know, it's like kind of the. You can take the same thing from art where it's uh-huh. like, oh, they meant to make that mistake. Right. You know? Right. And then you're like, wow. Yeah. I love that even more. Yeah. Because I know that it's supposed to be there and it's supposed to make me feel something and it is making me feel something. So it's doing its job. Um, well, and it's like people, people like to know things. I mean, this is going to, we're, we're going to go why. to this, like from this really specific topic back all the way up to like all of the things that we've been talking about. But that's the point is it all, it all comes together. Like write things that you want to read, show your intention, know what your intentions are and like bring people along for the journey let them know what you're thinking because people like to feel connected to the stuff that they are consuming. Like they want Mm -hmm. to feel like they get to look at their friend and say, well, I went with this person because they do blah, 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 blah. And they could be like, well, do you know if your person does that? And they're like, well, you know, I don't, I don't know. I guess I have to go with them because they are the ones who are talking about it. They are the ones who know everything. And it's not necessarily that like, you know, more than everybody else. You're just the person who's talking about it. it. Yeah. And so I think that that too is where like anytime that somebody is looking at somebody else that's creating content, I see this a lot, obviously with TikTok because like everybody wants to be TikTok famous. Oh, it would be so easy to do that. I know if I got on, I could be, I could like my videos would go viral, but I just don't have the time or I just don't want to. And it's like, don't be jealous of the fact that this person, like it's not that they know so much more than you. It's just that they are literally just taking the time to let people in to what they're doing. It doesn't mean that they are like the end all be all on running or, you know, sheep shearing or whatever, beekeeping. It's just like the beekeeper girl, she just was bringing people along and explaining what her process looks like. And now it's like, she is the authority on beekeeping or bee removal. Mm -hmm. And she's got her own, you know, tagline and people are just like, well, that's not what she says. And yeah, I think it all just comes back down to like being bold enough and creating the time and space to be able to share what these like intentional decisions that you're making, because the content is already there. Like to your point with the bareba example, like they they were already doing that stuff. They didn't have to sit down and think about like 
how can we get people to feel invested in wanting to buy our hammocks? Like it's like yeah, they've they already, already made those intentional. Themselves. Yeah, they've already invested themselves in, in the decisions of their hammocks. So they just talked about the decisions right. that they made. Right. And that's like, I, I think that when it comes down to it, like that's as simple as it needs to be. Like yeah, you should already... just already look at what's there instead of trying to, you know, stare at a blank piece of paper and try to create like, you know, like, what do people want to hear from me? It's like... Well, then it becomes ingenuine. Yeah. And then it's like, then it's lost its shine. Yeah. Then, you know... And you're talking about something that you, frankly, probably don't even really care that much about because it was, it was, it caused too much effort to try to come up with it. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so that's how I would approach educational stuff. There's... And when you think about it from that perspective, that's like, you know, you can tell even by the way that this conversation is going, like you can get fired up where it's like, okay, how do I look at every single component of my business and think about all of the intentional decisions that I've made? Yeah. And then how do I just talk about it? You're not having it? to brainstorm. You're yeah. just observing. Yeah. So you just turn around and you're like, okay, let's look at what I've already done. And I think that can also be very helpful and make you feel better. It's like a review. Uh -huh. You know, you just look back and you're like, take a breather. Let's look at what I've done. Let's kind of figure out what I really like. And I'm like, wow, I did this. Yeah. And yeah. I've come this far. Yeah. And then you can talk about that. Right. Yeah. I love that. So then the last type of blog post is personal. So this one is pretty self-explanatory. So it's anything that is going to add the personal aspect to your brand and we can get into this because I've been on another podcast interview where I've talked about like what it looks like to have a personality driven brand and how to decide what your comfort level is with infusing your personality into your brand and like being personal with your um, audience because I think that there's different levels to it. But I do think that this is like a necessary component of a blogging strategy. One, because I think that people, when they start to get invested, like the, the ideal hope is that people will come in seeking some type of answer to a question that they have. They will then get curious about what it looks like to work with you. And then that's when the portfolio posts come into play. And then they will become invested in like who you actually are and where the company came from and how this idea came to life. And that's where the personal aspect comes into play. And so this can be as personal as you want it to be. You can figure out where exactly your boundaries with sharing your life online looks like. I know that some people get nervous about the idea of like, well, I don't want to get on and have to like share intimate aspects of my life with the world. But you don't, it doesn't even need to be there. Like the first personal blog post that you could write could just be like, why? Why do you do what you do? How did you get started? What's your story? Why do you yeah, love this? It can, it can all be through the lens of your business. Right. If you want it to be that way. Right. And I do think that ultimately you should start off where it is through the lens of your business because this is a marketing strategy. This isn't necessarily just like a personal online diary unless you have a brand strategy where that is how you approach your marketing, which a lot of people do where it's like, even for myself on my photography website, because that brand for me is a little bit more personal, I do have like my yearly recaps. And like when I have done house projects, I've uploaded, you know, recaps of that and things like that because of the fact that like my ideal client likes those things and wants to feel like I'm coming into this very intimate experience for them, this very personal connection thing. And so they want to know what's happening in my life and the seasons that I'm going through. And so that's how I've kind of decided, okay, these are the personal things that I'm going to share on my blog. And then also, frankly, it's, it's also kind of just for me. Like, I think that it's important to have fun with this stuff. And I like that I have this online 
journal that is like an archive of all of the different stages, whether it's like seeing how I've grown in my skill set and then also seeing like I do my like yearly recap along with my personal and business goals for the year every year. And then I do my one word, which I'm sure I'll do a podcast episode on that because that's a topic I'm very excited about. But yeah, so now I I share that and every year I have gotten more and more personal, like with the, like the things that I choose to share in those posts, but they're also really, if nobody ever read them, they, I don't publish them because they're going to get picked up on Google. I don't want to be positioned as, you know, how to set goals for my business. I don't want these blog posts to show up that way on Google. They're strictly for building connection. And then also for me to have like accountability because I, I posted it somewhere where I can go back and look at it and other people have seen it. And yeah, and it's just kind of like my own little archive. Do you have any idea? Do you remember what your first like fully personal blog post was? I know that I, on my, so when I had the personal blog that I just started because in my at one point I was going to try to be uh like a blogger like a the blogger is like the influencer the original influencer Mm -hmm. and so I blogged my experience as a consultant so at that point I wasn't I was a photographer but I wasn't like taking it super seriously so those are my first blog posts where I'm just like you know everything that I learned in my 21st year which is kind of cool because like this year I'm turning 30. So I have a blog post that's literally like me turning 22. This is all of the stuff that happened to me when I was 21. And if somebody wanted to go back, like I chronicled my journey from getting another job and like having photography on the side. Like when I went to the Caitlin James workshop, I did a recap of that. So all of these like major milestones that I hit within my business are on there And which I think is really cool because then I know that like when I've gotten really invested in somebody, I have gone back to the very first blog post that they ever wrote, like Caitlin James and Hope Taylor and, and Jenna Kutcher and like trying to see like where they started out and wanting to just know everything about them. And I think that it's really cool that since I had started early that like if somebody wanted to do that for me, you could go back and have access to like, okay, I see how she got to the, see the growth, right? Yeah. To the place that she's at. So, but again, I mean, I think that like what you can only have something like that if you start today. So don't get like caught up on the fact that there's so many times where I've looked back and been like, I missed certain milestones or I should have written more about what I was learning here because I, you know, that was a missed opportunity for content or I was nervous about like looking unprofessional when I really wanted to share like something that I was excited about. It was a major growth opportunity. So I think that you just kind of have to pick something and just do it, knowing that the people that are going to read your personal blog posts are going to be your super fans. Like they're going to be the people that really, really care about what you're doing. And don't get so wrapped up in the idea of like random people on the internet finding those. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, it's people who are seeking because they want to know you. Right. And just that kind of manner of looking for information, they're a lot more forgiving. Yeah. And understanding. Yeah. Because that's what they want from it. They right. just want to understand you. Right. And they want to feel connected. And again, if it feels like too, you know, you can always go with like a vacation recap or a recap of like some type of thing that you did within the business, like end of the year recaps are really easy. Goal setting posts are easy. You can also do like your top favorite things. You could do, you know, like if you're a wedding planner, you could do like your top favorite venues. Like it can still be something that is written from a personal perspective, but through the lens of what the clients actually care about. If it's something that you don't necessarily want to expose your like family life or Mm -hmm. your actual personal life. And so that's another thing that you just kind of have to think about what you want to do. And if you need to brainstorm with somebody else, then we're here. Could you do things that are not even connected to your business at all? Like movie reviews? Yeah, I think so. 
I think so. But I think, again, like you have to think about if you want to do something like that, you need to make it make sense from the perspective of like the overall brand strategy. Like Mm, if that's going to be one of your like brand boosters, the things that you're known for, you know, like you... Abby Grace is a photographer who transitioned from weddings to brands. And she's kind of like the person who's leading the charge on teaching photographers how to be brand photographers. And she loves ballerinas. That's like her thing. And she, one of her, the things that she does like creatively for herself is that she photographs ballerinas. And so like, it has nothing to do with anything that she makes money off of. It's like just a thing that's for her, her creative outlet, the thing that she's super interested in, but people love it. And she will talk about that. I think she might've been a dancer. So that maybe is how it's connected, but it's like really and truly when you look at stuff, it's, it's just like, I just really like ballerinas. I think that they're beautiful. I think that it's very pure. Yeah. And she has worked that into the way, you know, like she has the element of the fact that she's a photographer, so she takes pictures of them, but it's also just something that she likes to do. So I think if you are a person that's like, yeah, I really like movies and this is how I'm going to connect with my audience, then doing a movie review makes a lot of sense. Um, However, if you are just like, you know, I don't know, you just got to make sure that you're not just picking something random just for the Mm -hmm. sake of, posting something random because it is still a business. Because then it reads random. Yeah. It's like, this person's chaotic. Yeah. Yeah. And then, yeah. And if it's chaotic and you're in a position where you need to be trusted, like that maybe doesn't make sense. Um, You know, like there's been trips, girls trips and stuff that I've gone on before that I'm like, yeah, they're, this does not make sense to share (laughs) what what we did while we were out. Or yeah, I think you just have to make sure that it still feels authentic to the version of yourself that is connected to your brand. And if you're wide open, then I guess your stuff can be wide open. And if you're, but yeah, it would be weird if randomly it was just like, also, here's this thing that it's like, oh, okay. (laughs) Why? Okay. That's strange. I don't really understand how it fits. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So yeah, I think that that's, but again, if it's something that's like major happening in your life, I think you just have to think about where it fits in. Okay, well, there's a lot more stuff that I can talk about with this, but we're almost to the hour mark. So we will leave you guys with this so that way you can sit and let your brains continue to go wild. Like we will give the advice with most things with getting started with brainstorming these topics. Maybe next week we'll go a little bit further into some of my tools for how to like really figure out what the titles for each one of these types of blog posts are. Um, but it always starts with a free write. It always starts with a brain dump and just being able to like get it on the page. Yes. And just, yeah, I think I liked what you said earlier too, where you're not, when you're doing stuff like this, it's, it's best to start off not necessarily as a creator, but as an observer And if you approach it from that perspective, I think that you will have less pressure on yourself and it'll feel a little bit easier if you're just stepping back and looking at your calendar, looking at your email inbox, looking at like, what do I do? And then just kind of starting from there. And then that's where it's going to be a lot easier than having to feel like you're like pulling something out of a hat and trying to create something out of thin air. So But yeah, that's our conversation on blogging, getting started. If you have any questions about this, let me know. Like I said, we do have a plan for More Than Creative to get into the blogging space, whether that is like strategy coaching or actually helping you understand your voice and writing blog posts with and for you. So if that's something that you're interested in, let us know and we'll give you some info and yeah. I'm, I'm out here. I am manifesting everyone to be a blogger, to be a writer. <laughs> it's going to be great. Okay. Go forth and be the expert and be the person who actually talks about it. All right. Nice. Bye guys. <laughs>